Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. We've got Aaron Nicholas, the author of the new book, The Eternal Current, on, and we'll tell you more about that book in just a second. But first, let's talk about today's sponsor. Intern, do you know who our sponsor is for this month? I do, yeah. Okay. It's, it's the Mission Resource Network. There it is, Missions Resource Network. Let me ask you, listeners, do you feel personally called to disciple-making? Does your church need help to enhance its missions program? If so, who can help, intern? The Missions Resource Network. Exactly. This global ministry provides training and coaching, connections with international partners, and can position you for success as you embrace God's calling. Do you know one of our newest missionaries is teamed up with an MRN-trained missionary in Thessaloniki. Wow. Yeah. They're doing a lot of great work with the in the Mediterranean Rim. You know what that is? Yeah. I didn't know what that was. Turns out it's Greece. <laughs> That's you, What else is in the Mediterranean Rim? You know, all yeah. of those countries over there? Yeah, you don't know either. Okay. But uh, doing some great work with uh, asylum seekers and refugees and connecting them with the good news of Jesus. So if you're interested to learn more about Missions Resource Network, they do a great job training missionaries. They do a great job helping missions teams at churches figure out how they can serve. If you're interested to learn more, go to mrnet.org. That's mrnet.org. Now, the book for this month is, or today, is the Eternal Current Aaron Nequist book. And guess what? You're going to hear this podcast and you're going to go, I want a copy of this book, aren't you? Yeah. Now, there's one way to do that, which is you go online and you... You buy the book. You buy the book. Now, there's another way to do that. We're going to give away five copies of the book. What? Yeah. Five for free? For free. For free. All you have to do is post something on Twitter or, I guess, Instagram. Like, I, I like Instagram now. I'm kind of getting into the Instagram. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to talk about now that you're gone. I feel like you're most of my Instagram stories. I'm I'm your star. Yeah. You have (laughs) nothing without me. That's not at all true. Okay, so you do an Instagram post, not a story, but a a post about the Eternal Current, or you do a tweet about the Eternal Current, and uh, you tag me in it. Um, We might give you one of these copies. Over the next week, I'll give away five of these. I think if you can find the gift of Aaron dancing with his son at a Cubs baseball game, like you're going to be at the top of the list. And so what you have to do, you post that, and we've got a new newsletter, which guess who helped me set that up? I did. Yeah, didn't you did. I? So sign up for the newsletter and post something on Twitter or um, Instagram. We'll pick five of you to get the book. Now, here's the crazy thing. If you sign up for the newsletter, which you need to do to be a part of this, and even if you don't want a book, sign up for the newsletter because guess what you get? We're going to give out the first chapter to my new book. As soon as you sign up, there will be an automatic reply with the uh, first chapter of my book coming your way. I'm going to figure out how to do that this weekend. (laughs) So by the time this is posted, it'll be good to go. So you do that and um, sign up to be part of the giveaway for Aaron's book. And you get the first copy of my, or first chapter of my book as well. And then you go pre-order it because that would be the nice thing to do. All right. Without further ado, we're going to talk to Aaron. Any last words, intern? Uh, No. This is your last time on the podcast ever because then you're going back to school. Well, I'll be back. No, but like the internship is done. Yeah, but, but I'll be back. No, like it's the internship is it's it's done. okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta find a restraining order against the intern. All right, Aaron Equus, here we go. Welcome back to the show for the third time, our friend Aaron Equus. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Okay. So this is is this third? Because we, yeah, second or third? Because we no we no no the Indiana one. Jason Palooza. Yeah, Jason Palooza. This is number three. Okay. Yep. The, of the Jason Palooza fame, um, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, I think, like, you wrote a book, uh, the title is The Eternal Current. We're going to give a couple of these away. We'll tell you about that more later, listeners. I felt like I was a radio DJ there for a second. Yeah, that was pretty slick. Yeah, that was, I like yeah. that. Um, but, okay, so you wrote a book about, like, spirituality and faith and all, all that good stuff we'll get to. But I feel like if you wrote a book about, like, being just, like, a good dad, I would read that. Oh, I feel like you're thanks. like like one of the nicest dads that I see online, and maybe you're like very abusive and terrible, like <laughs> all of social media. But my interactions yeah. with you, I'm always like, he's just a real nice dad. Well, may, or maybe I'm at the same emotional level as my 11 year old <laughs> son, so we like all the same things. So I think it could be that. Um. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there a video of you dancing with your kid at a Cubs game? Oh man, yes. We were at a Cubs game, and it's it's the game uh, last last year where the Cubs did 
three home run back to back to back and Schwarber hit a home run and we were at the game and we were going crazy and about 60 seconds later my phone starts vibrating like crazy and I start getting all these texts that say you and Henry were on the shot of you you two (laughs) dancing and so I was like oh that's fun well they used the Cubs used that little two second clip in their end of the year montage wow and they started showing it at every game between like inning six or seven (laughs) and so then every game someone would text me I just saw you and Henry dancing on the screen so it was like you know everybody's gonna get their 15 minutes of fame that's it two seconds and it was the greatest two seconds of my whole life (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome. I heard you on uh, Annie's podcast. You just gone on like an overnight camping trip with your kid. You stay in oh, a boat or man. something like that. Yeah, we borrowed a boat that has a little bed kind of underneath down down below. Okay, and so we just drove up. It was maybe a thirty or forty five minute boat ride up north to the next town, and then we tied up at one of the the, the docks and we walked to dinner and ice cream and all that, and then we slept down below like camping, and it was mm-hmm. so. He's eleven. So we just had the most unbelievable conversations about, you know, what Harry Potter wand would probably mm-hmm. choose you and just all that stuff. It was just, it was fabulous. Uh, so you have two boys. Yep. You, your dad, uh, is, is he still around? Yep. 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 And he, does he live nearby? He does. Yeah. I was actually, I just was at his house dropping the boys off about an hour ago. So oh, that's cool. So yeah. was your dad like that with you? Was he, did he have the ability to be he, his present? He yeah he he was especially baseball the Cubs mm-hmm. or fishing. My dad is a fishing lunatic, okay. and so he's taken me. We've actually done since I was ten. No no since I was eleven. Every single year, I bet I missed three or four. But every single Memorial Day weekend, we did a Nequist men's fishing trip. So I was like thirty one years in a row. I mean, it's just bonkers. So huh. a lot of memories there. And I'm assuming you have like trips like that or, or something like yearly things with your boys. Do you have them worked out yet? Yeah, we, we probably we don't have something set like that. Mm-hmm. But um, we did with Henry. We did when he was eight. I brought him to New York on a, a, a church thing I was doing. And then we had this just epic two days afterwards. And so that began the New York eight year old trip. So okay. now Mac, our younger one, next year he gets to go on the New York eight-year-old trip, and so we have a couple of those things. But uh, it's more like just all right, what's coming up? What fun thing can we do? Yeah. What adventure can we have? We love adventures. Oh, that's good. That's good. And so you guys, what is nearby? Like the Great Lake or whatever? It's what is it called? Lake Michigan. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, Lake. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> How did I not know that? Lake Michigan. Uh, yes, it's a. It's one of the Great Lakes. Yeah, you I may have. Yeah, I live in Texas. <laughs> like you know, for all I know, we need to have a wall between us and that lake. That's that's uh. the Texas way. I have, I swam in that when when we were at Jason Palooza, like for yep. just a second, just because I feel like. Like, yeah, one of the big demarcations for events each year is where I swim. Like I gotta swim at cool nice. places, so I swam there. So I yep. like I, I get that. But um, so you guys boats like going to like a lake house, family lake house has always been. Yeah, my uh, Shauna's family uh, grew up there. Yeah. Like Shauna's grandparents grew up there. Okay. So it, they've been going there every summer, and so it's just a place to get away and spend a lot of time just walking on yeah. the beach and just having ice cream and. Yeah, relaxing. It's pretty cool. Okay, so so water is a, a prevalent theme in, in Shauna's last book, right? Doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Sea change wasn't that like a word that I had to look up? Sea change was a chapter. Yeah. Yeah, chapter. There it yep. is. Yep. Okay, so yep. Um, I was on vacation with my wife in Jamaica, and she was reading Shauna's book while overlooking oh, yeah. the ocean. Oh, that's very fitting. Okay, so there her book, go. there's water in it, like because yep. obviously she grew up yep. around that. Your book, The Eternal Current water yep. theme right there water and there's kind of like there's like a, a lot of these books like uh science mike's book finding god in the waves oh yeah uh, that's right jonathan yep. um what's his name the tall the, the way too tall pentecostal guy yeah uh, jonathan martin shipwrecked isn't that like yep. the metaphor yep. How to survive a shipwreck yeah yep. why do you think there's so many like and then, of course, my book, which comes out October 2nd. Pre-sales Ooh. are available now. Um, <laughs> there's also, like, the water imagery there. Actually, well, what's the title of yours? Uh, God Over Good. God Over Good. Yeah, there's no water yep. 
imagery in the actual title, but it's a yeah. metaphor that I use in there. And so Beautiful. At first I was like, stop using the water metaphors, people. Like, <laughs> I want this alone in my book. But I think there's something significant about that. Like, yeah. why do you think water metaphors keep popping up in, yeah. in, in all these books? And in, including yours. That's such a good question. Um, I've never thought directly about that. I mean, some of it has to be, like, literally in our DNA. I mean, what do they say? What percentage of our actual bodies are water? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's literally what we're made of. And, you know, two-thirds of the planet is covered with water. And there's there's got to be something at a molecular, like, yeah. you know, um, human level. But also, I think there's something about water that is both comforting and terrifying Mm-hmm. Um, we can't live without it, and yet it can kill us. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real, like, you can't control it. I mean, when you get, I don't know, last time you were in the ocean or something like that, where the, the tides, the, you know, there's a riptide or the waves were crashing, you realize really quickly you are not in control. Yep. And, I mean, isn't that life, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You can't choose to stay out of the waves, but you can get clobbered and you are not in control. And so there's something about the mystery and the beauty. I mean, what's more beautiful than the sun going down yeah. on a body of water? And yeah. So yeah, there's something in there. Definitely. But, I, I was, good observation. I was at the beach a couple of weeks ago with my daughters and the last day we were there, it, it, the the waves, the wind, it was too much. And I told my daughters, only one yeah. of you can be out at a time because I can only pick one of you. Absolutely. And I would never tell you which one of you is my favorite, but you would see very quickly. <laughs> I'm oh, kidding. Man. I'm kidding. Yeah. But even in scripture, I mean, parting the Red Sea, that's a big one. Yep. Turn, yep. Uh, obviously, Jesus turns water to wine, but baptism yep. before that. And Absolutely. then if you go to the very beginning, God speaks and parts the chaotic waters. Yep. And so the, like, the, it's all around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, almost, it's like hardwired into the universe. Yeah. And we're all trying to wrestle with it and mm-hmm. make sense of it. Or at least, if we can't figure it out, at least learn to swim with it. Yeah. And that's so much of the... the um, the, what I'm trying to explore in this book. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing about a current. Like, when I lived in Florida for a couple of years, they always said if there's a riptide, you don't swim against it. You can't. You can't. Right. Yeah, there's, right. there's something that's going on. And I would assume that you would as a fellow person of faith that you would say like what God is doing in the world like you can fight against it but but God is redeeming this thing and God is trying right. to call you into relationship with God and it's exactly right yeah, yeah. you can try to fight it mm-hmm. and um, God is humble and gracious enough to let us mm-hmm. but you're not going to win no nope. <laughs> you're not going to turn you know imagine someone getting into the mississippi river or something like that and saying i think i'm going to turn the 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 current the other way yeah you know know what's funny is Um, the mississippi river dumps into the gulf and everything to the west of the mississippi the beaches like are not good and so like the texas beach is not that pretty but everything to the east of the mississippi beautiful like the the gulf shore like part of alabama and you get into the florida like they're really beautiful beaches and i thought like the most Texan thing in the world would be like, you know what, we can fix this. You know what, we can we can send all the ugly stuff east right. and we need to have the pretty beaches, but you can't. Like, and that's like you what can't. God is doing. Like, you just can't, yep. you can't overcome it. Um, yep. Okay, so at, um, so, so part of what you're doing in the book is you're trying to move away from, like, it's just about believing the right stuff and their yeah. practices of, of behaving, um, which are, which carry greater significance than often they're given. And your, yeah. your background as a musician, worship pastor, worship pa- is that yep. the title that you prefer? Like, yeah, I'm probably worship, worship leader or worship pastor. Yeah. Which About one do you 20 prefer? 20 years. Um, I, I usually say liturgist these days. Okay. But that, sometimes that has baggage for people. So maybe worship pastor would be there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you come to um, the Jason Palooza weekend yep. yep our friend jason miller and, and does everybody know what that weekend was well, they probably listened to the episode i'm sure they listened to it like 10 times of course how, of how course. would you on repeat how would you, how would you describe <laughs> that weekend if oh man they had if jason were talking he would say i tried to get as many of my favorite people together in one 
really quirky rental house <laughs> um, right by Lake, right on Lake Michigan. What a strange and glorious little place. But he just got all these people. And many of us, some people knew each other. Mm-hmm. I only knew a couple people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a fascinating chance to be together. We did some kind of soulful uh, things like retreat type practice things in the morning. But then that evening was one of the best, was it? five or six course meal yeah one of his friends came in who was a chef and just cooked and it was it was, it it was, was great it was amazing i'm going yeah. to preach at his church in uh in october and okay. we're working out a the weekend because we're actually going to the telos trip uh right after that we're gonna no talk way. about we'll talk about telos later okay but we'll talk about telos good i get there friday like saturday night and then i leave sunday afternoon i'm like I want to go to this guy's restaurant because his food yeah. is so oh, good, man. and I don't know how we're going to make ins- it work. It was crazy. Okay, let me say the yeah. weirdest thing about that weekend is okay. that I got there early enough where I picked my bed. It was like the only one like by itself in kind of like a yeah. loft area, and then you yeah. were like five twin beds or whatever in one room. Yeah. Together. And I was like, I-, I cannot do that. Like, I can't be in a room with people I don't know sleeping like that. Oh, yeah. So that's the weirdest thing ever. I slept 18 inches <laughs> from someone I, j- I met 15 minutes earlier <laughs> like it was so yeah. strange it was the weirdest thing in the world thanks jason yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah thanks but when we were there we had um a practice in the morning which yeah i guess there are many of us who like are professional christians but you were the only one he trusted enough to lead us in a, a <laughs> spiritual exercise so i don't know what that says about you or the rest of That's us hilarious but yeah so you lead us in this practice. We had the conversation yeah. the Jason Palooza. And one of the things, so we talk about some of the stuff in the Jason Palooza podcast. And I yep. had a conversation with some of my Church of Christ friends, which is the denomination that I grew up in. Your mm-hmm. Plymouth Brethren? is it Plymouth Brethren, yep. Which uh, you said something in the book about how you guys thought you were the only ones going to heaven. And I was like, oh, wait, oh, yeah. I thought we were the only ones who were going to heaven. <laughs> How does that work? That's so weird. Yeah, we're definitely not the only group that thought we, we had all the truth and no one else had any of the truth, but we definitely did. Well, <laughs> in some ways, maybe we're like sister fellowships. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. But Okay, so afterwards, I'm talking to my, some of my Church of Christ guys, and you had been at Willow f- and Mars Hill for how many years? Long time. Yeah, I, w- I was at... I was at Mars maybe five or six years, and then all told, I was at Willow, I think, 13 years or something yeah. like that. So, it's pretty crazy. like you started off as a youth guy, and then uh, yeah. youth worship guy, and then said, okay. Yep. So, almost two decades at megachurches. Yeah. Annie's yeah. at a megachurch. Merritt obviously grew up at megachurch. Jason was at right. Granger, which is a megachurch. And yep. I'm Church of Christ, and... And many of our churches aren't even allowed to have like a guitar in them. And so, and sometimes when we're talking about worship, it's like y'all have like the big evangelical experience. And then I'm like, hey, um, I think having like a a banjo is not going to send us to hell. Uh, (laughs) Maybe trying to play a banjo really bad would experience hell. But, uh, and and someone's like, afterwards, I was like, we're kind of like talking past each other because we're coming from different experiences. But I think in some ways, like, Y'all were describing what a lot of evangelicals have experienced, and yeah. they're going, there's more than just this. Right, right. Yeah, and you, you bring up an interesting point in that a lot of times these conversations um, stay at the lower level of style. Mm-hmm. Um, what style is more helpful? What style yeah. doesn't work anymore? And style matters. I mean, that's not irrelevant. But for me, the, 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 the more important question is form. How does this weekly community form us into Christ-likeness for the sake of the world? Mm-hmm. And for me, style is, is absolutely secondary to forming. Because we all have a liturgy. Mm-hmm. Like, liturgy just means the work of the people. You know, at, at our megachurch, we had a clear liturgy. We had upbeat song and then serious song, and then earnest song, and then announcements, and then the pastor gave a, a sermon. Mm-hmm. That was our liturgy. And that's not a bad liturgy, but um, the question is not, is that good or bad? It's how does it form us? Yeah. And so banjos can be formative, 
if the banjo player is decent. Yeah, if. Man, a, a bad banjo is pretty tough. It's bad, bud. <laughs> you, you taught me the word anthemic uh, one time Ooh. when you were describing like the big song. Yeah. You go the anthemic song, which I've used that many times since then just because it's okay. a great word. Yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> but you, you also write about in the book that often these songs are like happy songs. We don't, yeah. we're in some ways we're... Uh, at an absence of lament and the ability to do that. Yeah. And I know some of your work has been trying to be a corrective to that. But I, I love the language, and I think you said it's actually from your wife, that you're trying to serve a well-balanced meal. That's exactly right. She was asking me, why are you you know, into liturgical stuff? Why are you trying to learn from these other traditions? And I was, I was explaining it, and I was hemming and hawing, and mm-hmm. very inarticulate. And she says, oh, wait, 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 wait. So you're basically just trying to serve a well-balanced meal every Sunday. Mm. And that was so helpful because once again, it wasn't stuff's too happy. Now let's only do sad, you know, or it's too loud. Let's only do quiet Mm -hmm. or it's too new. Let's only do old. It's not about style. It's about well-balanced meal. Are we helping people engage every part of the human experience Mm -hmm. are we helping people engage as much of god as possible i mean i think i said this in the jason beluza podcast one third of the book of psalms are laments and if you look at the ccli modern worship songs approximately zero (laughs) percent of the top 100 are laments And again, there's nothing better about lament as opposed to celebration. We need both. Mm -hmm. But how does it form us if a hundred percent of our worship is happy and zero percent engages our sorrow? Um, So those are the questions that we've been trying to explore. Um, Well-balanced meal as a community and as individuals. And one of the things I I loved when you're at Willow is your work creating the practice. And I yeah. love watch. I, I, I kind of was a a follower from a distance. A, dare I say, a social media stalker? Because it seemed like you, y'all were doing some really, really exciting stuff. That in yeah. this big mega church, that there was a a pocket that we're trying to yeah. explore and try to bring these. Like to, let's say with the food metaphor, which it's not a shock that your wife used a f- food metaphor. I, know, I mean, that's kind that of funny? like yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's fitting, right? <laughs> um, but like you're bringing these other types of food onto the table. Yeah. Talk. Can you kind of explain, like, when people were stepping into this, like, you have someone who had the evangelical experience that had been very helpful for them, they, they show up at the practice, and all of a sudden they're, they're seeing the tables in the middle, the sermon, yep. the homily ha- is reduced in time, uh, yep. these sort of prayer practices, which they've never heard before, like, what is the yeah. consensus experience from, from that kind of person? Yeah. Well, I won't go into share like all the details of the gathering. That's all in the book. Um, two chapters. We we go into talking about the practice and what that was like and all that. But yeah, it was really interesting to invite people into it. And I would say about a third of the practice community were longtime kind of evangelical megachurch people, and they would say we love the big experience, but we know. There's got to be more. Mm-hmm. So they kept going uh, on Sunday morning. They'd go to the big uh, anthemic. There's Thank your you. word again. Thank you. Anthemic gathering. And it was really meaningful because it's really good. And then Sunday nights they'd come and we'd experience this other thing. So some people, others um, said, you know what? I can't do that big thing anymore. For any number of mm-hmm. reasons, I've, I've needed to move into something else. And this was a welcome alternative. And then to be really honest, a number of people um, said, well, I'm going to tr- give the practice a try. And for any number of reasons, they were just like, oh, appreciate what you're trying to do. Not for me. Yep. And we completely respected that, too. Yeah. And I think there needs to be respect from both sides, that it's not... Absolutely. This is not... There's not one way. There's not one size fits all. I mean, for anything, right? Yeah. So your kind of well-balanced meal is going to look really different than mine. Now, there are some universals, Mm. which is we all should probably have some protein. (laughs) We should all probably have some greens. We should all, you know what I mean? There are these pillars that are absolutely universal and you can't get around. And, And yet, beyond that, there is infinite numbers of ways to put a plate together. Yeah, so... So let me stick with the food metaphor. 
So yeah. I, I've got friends who are uh, vegetarians, who are high-level okay. athletes, who yep. are vegetarians. And I'm like, how do you maintain muscle mass? Because the kind of right. assumption is if you don't have meat, then there's no way to, in, to have the caloric intake through protein that typically yeah. is understood to be required to maintain muscle mass. And he was telling me, no, I can, I can do this. I lost a couple pounds, but there's ways yeah. to get around it. Sometimes with that yeah. same sort of naivete or um, arrogance that I had thinking about uh, this diet, we think if you don't have X, Y, and Z, then therefore you can't be a healthy right. Christian. Right, right. And I, I love the humility that you have. And I know there's a theme of um, in the eternal current, there's more people swimming along with you than you think. And that yeah. you can learn yeah. from other traditions. And one of the things you talked about is yep. humility. Like humility is a big part mm-hmm. of being able to see that these other streams can offer you a, a well-balanced meal. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, back to our, maybe the caricatures of our tradition as we grew mm-hmm. up. But, you know, we, we thought we were the only ones who had the truth. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't about learning from those outside. It was about defending ourselves from those outside. Yes, that's it. And um, what a loss. Mm -hmm. What a loss. I've been meeting the last four years with a Jesuit priest. Father Michael. uh, For a spiritual director. I feel like I know him him. because you've talked about his role in your life so much. (laughs) I talk about him all the time. He's been so important. And it was his voice on that recording that we did um, at Jason Palooza. So you heard his voice too. But Before you go to Father Michael, I want to go back to the word defend. I I think that connects the dot on something that I didn't. I didn't see. We were defending because our identity required us to be separate from everyone else. Absolutely. And so it was like, yeah. I'm, I'm defending by degrading what God is doing in your community. Yes. And that's my Isn't identity. It? Absolutely. And there's, you know, obviously in a system like that, there's just so much fear. Yeah. It's rarely, in my experience, it's rarely arrogance, like true pride. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it presents that way. It's so much more often we're terrified. Um, if you can poke a hole in our certainty, mm-hmm. it all crumbles. If you can pull one brick yep. out of our wall, the whole wall is going to fall down. Yep. Now, I don't believe in that whole idea yep. where it's a wall that can go down. If, if, if one brick can take down your whole wall, mm-hmm. it's probably a wall that needs to come down, <laughs> yep. right? So, but, but we all get that fear, especially when it's about eternity and about, you know, the, all this, all this kind of yeah. stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you're definitely, and, and fear is definitely underneath it. It's fear. Like yeah. we're going to lose this all if they That's are right. wrong. Okay. Let's go back to father yeah. Michael, which I think there'd be a great like buddy cop kind of movie, like father Michael <laughs> and you, like if we could get you some like frosted tips and like <laughs> mega church rock star worship pastor and then you have father michael like that could like there's something there that is so amazing call up an evangelical worship leader and mm-hmm. a jesuit priest walk into a bar you know what that uh, could have been a numa video amazing. we're about tw- a numa tw- video. two decades too late but that'd been a great numa video oh, okay so you amazing. met father michael two decades or two decades uh four years ago two decades yeah four, four yeah about five years ago now almost five yeah. years ago. okay and he's his influence in your life comes through in so much of your work well, it's been enormous, and I, the reason I brought him up, and we could talk more about him, but the reason I brought him up is, um, uh, and I, I, I say this lightly, but this is real serious, we didn't think Catholics were Christians. Like, we didn't think, like, if you would have pushed us hard, are any Catholics going to be in heaven? Yep. Somehow we were certain about who was going to be in and who wasn't, <laughs> and we would say, oh, unfortunately, no. Mm. And so, and yet here I am four years into this um, uh, relationship with Father Michael, and he has helped me not just be like part of the Christian religion, love Christ, align myself with Christ for the sake of the mm-hmm. world. It's been so transformative. So, let, let me get um, is a timeline yeah. that things kind of fell apart and your faith wasn't working for you. And then, yeah. and then years yeah. later, you met Father Michael? Or is that closer in time? Yeah, it was probably, no, it was probably years mm-hmm. later because right after the, after my faith imploded and then started to come back on a lot, you know, I, I always joke, I, like a good evangelical, I was born again, <laughs> again. And then uh, that's when I met Rob Bell. And then we moved to Michigan, was a part of that. 
And in that era is when some of the theology was opening. Mm-hmm. One of the elders at Mars Hill gave me Everything Belongs by Richard Rohr. Wow. And that was the first, the first time anyone had ever handed me a book by a Catholic, yeah. you know? And yet I couldn't deny how God was speaking to me through those pages. Yep. And uh, Richard Rohr has been the gateway drug for many yeah. of us into a wider, more ecumenical. Yeah. Uh, Henry, that was probably I, okay. So I, did, yeah, that was a lot. I, of years I had ago. the same attitude about Catholics until I was in seminary yeah. and yeah. was given a Henry Nouwen book. And so Henry mm. Nouwen was like my gateway drug yep. into yep. Catholicism. Right. And then yep. I think it was, I think it was Rob Bell wrote or referenced Richard Rohr somehow. And I think that's yeah. when I picked up the first copy of, uh, I think, I think it was yeah. everything belongs. I think that was the first one I read too. And obviously, yeah. Yeah. uh, anyone who's followed the podcast, I mean, uh, been out to Albuquerque yeah. a handful of times just to spend time with this guy. Yeah. It, so he's, it was amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, but when you described yeah. your deconstruction or your faith imploding to yeah. use your language, yeah, it was interesting in the book. It said that you felt sad, not angry. And, and yeah. so, okay, so I had a similar experience and this, okay, so you're married to a seven and you are a four, yep. which like, that's a yep. great combination. I'm sure that worked out really well. <laughs> it's never boring. <laughs> but as a seven, like I don't ever, I think there may be a few times that I felt sad, but maybe I'm just so quick to run away from sadness <laughs> that I never felt sad. I always thought I was like, well, this is just a problem to solve. Yeah. But yeah, tell me yeah, about yeah, the yeah. feeling of feeling sad <laughs> what is feeling? I did, okay, I did Ian's podcast, which I think have you been on Ian's podcast, yeah. the typology? I actually just did. It hasn't okay. come out yet, but we had a great I, conversation. Okay, well, mine was Very the worst. Happy. The yeah. absolute. I, I have four okay. friends who are like, I felt really bad for you because you just kept talking about like feelings, and I was like, I could tell <laughs> you were uncomfortable. I was like, that's because I was uncomfortable, and right, that's right, what right, right. Skinner, like his his uh, producer, cutting out a whole bunch of me, just yep. going. Um, I don't. I don't have feelings about this. I don't know. Okay, so uh, so our disposition towards the world is a little bit different. But That's when your faith awesome. implodes, you felt sad. One of my friends is very similar to you in that way, and he says, "I only have two emotions: tired or hungry." So if we'll ask him. You know, something really difficult will happen. He goes, "Well, I kind of feel a little bit hungry." <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Those are the only two emotions. So he's great. So yeah, no, it was. It was such a weird time, so disorienting. Um, you know, Christianity was the framework of my whole life. It's what I'd grown up in. It would, and so yeah, it was. It just it ran out of gas. It was. It 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 was no longer helpful in any mm-hmm. way. So so strange. You know, a lot of people run up. You know, there's an issue that they that is just too whatever or something painful happens and it wasn't any of that it just yeah. ended very very weird okay so it, it ends again yeah. help me understand this feeling of sadness so did you was it like <laughs> what is this sadness yeah, you speak of give me a book to read about it uh, I'm going to be healthy and go to five was it like you're just like nostalgic for how it used to be because I've had some of that like oh I, I'm nostalgic for when things were simpler and black and white and I, I wish what yeah. yeah yeah I wish I had the certainty I used to have yeah I think it was it was that feeling of feeling lost yeah and not necessarily lost like going to heaven not but yeah. Christian but maybe you know, it felt that big. And um, so it was just, it was, it was totally disorienting. Um, I obviously, it was, I was kind of grieving. Mm-hmm. Like, am I, am I, am I moving past something that has previously been very meaningful? Um, and then, you know, obviously some of the things snuck in, like, what's wrong with mm-hmm. you, Aaron? You know, are you, you know, are you backsliding? Yeah. Are you, um, and then it got all into the, what's wrong with you? And, you know, it was, it was a very dark season. Mm. And it was especially complicated because every seven days, my job was to lead happy songs that I didn't yeah. believe in. As a four, leading happy songs is, is already a little bit counterintuitive, right? Like, no, yeah, right. <laughs> we don't want to do that. And as a four, the, the idea of pretending 
is just the the worst thing yep. I can think of. And so, thankfully, the my boss at the time, the pastor, was was wonderful, and, and I was able to be really honest with him. And so he helped me on that. But man, that was Wait, that was a tough was season. Deconstruction or your main deconstruction phase at Willow before you went to Mars or at Mars. No, it was the main one was in that season when it was all falling apart and I was I was trying to take everything mm. apart, you know, and then it turned into cynicism and then it turned into finding what's wrong with everybody else, you know, exporting yep. my cynicism. Mm. So, you know, let me show you everything that's stupid. Yep. <laughs> let me show you everything is yep. fake. Let me show, you know really unhelpful um i was a real dream to be around in those in those years yeah i have i have a few of those um yeah oh yeah anyway and some of us have to move through that you know you you i probably couldn't have avoided that unfortunately i wish i could have it wasn't it was it's no way to live it is a miserable way to live and it's a miserable person to be around but i think i had to go to the bottom of that um, I cannot just pretend. I cannot just believe something because that's the right thing to believe. I had to deconstruct all of those things to realize, wait, there's parts of this I need to yep. hold on to. And then parts yep. I need to let go. And sometimes you come back to, yeah. you believe the same things that you used to, but for a completely different reason. And you In a different way. Yeah. In a completely yeah. different way. And that's exactly Many right. of us have gone through that. Not everyone has to go through a traditional construction, deconstruction, yeah. reconstruction. But for some, yeah. it's no, great I to agree. know that yeah. you're not the only one, that there are other people yeah. who have uh, been on this journey and that they can be kind of guides yep. and say, yeah, we've, we've been there. You're not alone in this. We're all together. Yep. And, that's exactly right. And yep. yeah, so it's great. Uh, okay, so you're going back to... These are practices. Let's not make this just about what you believe, but how you behave. And yeah. and so you, yeah. you have this this toolbox you're trying to help us to build, or like to go back to the yep. food metaphor. Let's put some let's put some more things on the on the on the table for you to experience. Because yeah. most people only have one thing yeah. in the toolbox if you're a good evangelical, which is that's exactly right. It's yep. the quiet time, the daily mm-hmm. quiet time, which is a great practice. I mm-hmm. still do it, but it's the only thing many of us have read the bible for 15 minutes or so journal some prayers and then move on with the day again yeah. great practice not, not enough to sustain a life of faith you know I, I had the opposite attitude it wasn't like this was like i have to do that every day to be a good christian it was almost like Ooh, seven yes. living in one like yes. this has to get done this That's is just good. a check mark yep. once i do yep. that i can move on with the rest of the day knowing that i've had my yeah. christian quota for the day it's, that's okay. right it's yep. not all there is like there's, there's more yep. there's more to that and again like i said at the beginning of the podcast yeah. uh if your next book is about being a good dad i'm gonna read it all right i'm gonna read it and so i love <laughs> that you had stuff in here about some of the practices that you you all you and shauna do with your boys yeah yeah and I, so i already do the high low game but as a seven it's typically just three yep. highs like i just ah, let's just leave out the low um <laughs> Your high it's low just, game. It really, is high. it really, it's just three highs. <laughs> we call it the high low game, but it's really like going to be three highs. So, <laughs> high, high, and higher. <laughs> what do you? You guys have a different name. Or you, you do that with your kids, but if you put it within the exam, ex- yeah, we we do a real a modified kid examine, and it's really as simple. It, you know, like you said earlier, a lot of times. The practices we've been doing all along can continue to be practices, but just framing them in different ways. And so how I usually say it with the boys, we have an 11-year-old and a 6-year-old. And so we start, everyone goes around and shares the best moment of their day. And then I usually say like another sentence like, when did you feel most alive? When did you feel most open to the goodness of God and the universe and grace? And, you know, I just try to expand it a little bit. And, you know, the six-year-old is, it's usually about, you know, you know, some imaginary Mm -hmm. scenario or whatever. But man, the 11-year-old, he, he, at least a couple times a week, he'll share something really, really meaningful. And then we go to the second one and we, we, and all four of us share and it's really important that we, Sean and I, take it real serious, too. Um, and then we go around and say, okay, what was the low today? Was there a time you felt sad? You felt lost? You felt um, disconnected, like not yourself? Was, you know, I tried to flesh it out a little bit, and then we share those. And where that's been really meaningful, 
is, is, you know, in my family growing up, you only talked about the negative once it was a crisis, right? Yeah. Once it yeah. was a total, you couldn't not mm-hmm. talk about it. And some of what we're hoping is we can talk about it early, right? And then it doesn't have to get to crisis before we can, we can uh, engage it as a family. And we also want to normalize um, sadness or fear or worry or, oh, man, I remember feeling that too. In fact, I felt that yesterday when I was driving yeah. to work. And, you know, trying to normalize the whole um, human experience that's good. as a family. So that's yeah, that's good. Because often yeah. we wait till the balloon gets all the way full, and then it pops, and then we deal with Absolutely. all that instead of. And then it's just crisis. And then, yeah, instead of letting a little yeah. bit of air out all the time. You also talk yeah. about liturgical yeah. calendar with your kids, and I think you interview Pisco- Jerusalem yeah. oh, yeah, Greer. Yeah. I, yeah. I said it like I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have no have idea who that is. I don't know why podcast? I just said that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. no, I just lied. I lied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jerusalem. I'm, I've, I've, Jerusalem, I've heard about Jerusalem. Pal. That's where the Bible and stuff. Yeah. Have you had her? No, on the I have no idea who she is. Oh, she would be such a great guest. She grew up in evangelical circles and has moved to the Episcopal okay. Church, and so she's been for the last. I think it's been 15 years aligning her family more with a liturgical calendar. And uh, she does that so creatively. Her book is um, a, a homemade year. And it's all about bringing a family through, the, through the calendar. Is there really one of those that you guys have incorporated? Or, or one that's saying out that um, you guys have really gotten connected to? Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> no, not not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. I love it. Yeah, but that's How's honesty. That for, I appreciate that. Honest. You're being a very good yeah. four. Like you're yep. being, you know. <laughs> that's no. true. I'm not going to fake it. I, I, as I was reading that, yep. I was thinking. First of all, I feel like your verbiage of the high low game is something that maybe I, I need to like adopt. Let's let's put some more meat on the bones here. Let's huh. let's add to that. And then sure. I was also thinking, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's let's be intentional about doing something with. Pick one this year, of uh, maybe it's Advent this year that we just go. Okay, let's yeah, let's try to build more yeah. into this really and good. see yep. what happens. Okay, yep. now you also I, I told you we're yep. going to get back to Telos. One of the first times, okay, we ta- the only the first time we talked, I think it was because Brian McLaren had did he go on one of these Telos trips with you or before? Or? No, he was the first person. He invited me on a trip to the Middle East, a dual narrative mm-hmm. um, trip. Um, in like 2010 and that was the first time I had ever been to the Middle East and certainly the first time I had ever heard um, you know I had known the Israeli narrative which is important but I would never even heard the Palestinian narrative and so uh, we spent I think it was like 10 days um, in Israel and Palestine it was a life-changing heartbreaking inspiring yeah, trip I feel like I should explain what Telos is Telos is an organization but you yep. can explain. You've already been on the trip. Yeah. Telos is what they're trying to do. It's, t- it's two, two people founded it. Um, Todd Dethridge, he used to work in the State Department. He uh, headed uh, Condoleezza Rice's team. So he was part of the George W. Bush uh, uh, State Department. And then his partner, Greg Khalil, um, is of Palestinian descent, and he was uh, a lawyer who was a part of the Palestinian negotiation mm-hmm. team. So, I mean, what's farther apart than yes, a, you know, nothing. George W. Bush White House and the Palestinian team, and yet they see things. Not no one, no two people see things exactly the same, but they are totally united on the solution, and it's this: we need to build a pro, pro, pro coalition, pro Israel pro-Palestine, pro-peace. And their idea is if you have to choose pro one side against the other, it will never work. We're gonna, the, the Middle East is going to go up in flames. But if we can build a pro-pro-pro movement, uh, and it's, they're just doing some of the most compelling work I've ever seen. So I've been, I've been back um, on four different Telos trips. And, um, yeah, I actually don't, I do a story about Telos in one of the last chapters of the book. It was just, it's been such a formative thing for me. And yes. you're going soon. Yes, I, <clears throat> I'm going in uh, the end of October. 
Oh, I'm so, so uh, excited. Jason Miller and I, I don't know who else is on the trip, but we're going. Yeah. And so, yeah, you tell, yeah. Uh, sorry about that. If you're looking at home, that's page 148 yeah. um, of the new <laughs> book, The Eternal Current by Aaron Nyquist. Um, but after being there, the way you tell the story is that it made you aware of how your liturgy was inept and emaciated to the point where you didn't have the verbiage or the experiences to articulate that. And you needed, you needed yeah. to add praying for your enemies. You need to add some lament. Absolutely. The, 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 that horrifying moment, but also clarifying moment when I got back, when we first started sharing, all right, how are we going to, how are we going to bring the dual mm-hmm. narrative back to our church. And I realized, man, our, our church doesn't create dual narrative people. Our church creates us and yep. them people. Um, single narrative. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And I realized our songs, at the time we were, I'm not trying to get too controversial here. Maybe you love the song. But at the time, we were singing a lot, um, Our God is Greater, Our God is better that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. whole song our god and in that context it just struck me as so unhelpful um it's kind of like you know my dad can beat yep. up your dad and i realized there you know our god is is greater than fear yep. our god is great i realized some of the yep. heart of it but just in in the context of the world that we're in right now um that kind of us against them language uh feels really unhelpful so i was trying to think what are the liturgies what are the songs what are the prayers that we can pray that help form us into both-sided yeah. people who are open to yeah that's good wants. that's so, good okay yeah so let me tell you what our friends at waterbrook have done we've done this before but they okay. have decided they're going to give away five copies of your book to my listeners and so that's very yes. generous that like they they want people to be swept up in the eternal current they want them to. They want to be washed away, but we need to. Fi- <coughs> washed we, away. Uh, I feel like it'd be neat if, like, if you like, you know how uh, Lady Gaga has her people that's called like the little monsters, and like I feel like yeah. like people yeah. read your book could be like washed awayers or something. Cur- current <laughs> the, cur- yeah. currency, currency. <laughs> Ooh, so bad. nice. Okay, I like we've it. <laughs> we've got to come up with like a hashtag or like something for people to put on social media that should inspire. So like, I think we, we gave away a Jamie okay. Ivy book and she likes to talk okay. about mascots. And so you had to include like your favorite mascot. Okay. Um, oh, nice. I don't know what we did with John Tyson when we gave his book away. Like he's like Australian, yeah. so like it was probably like your favorite kangaroo. <laughs> um, oh, <clears throat> okay. Definite. Okay. If someone can find, is there a, a GIF of you or a GIF, if you like to pr- pronounce it uh, that way, of you and your son doing the dance on the? Oh, it's my it's my most there prized is, there possession. is one. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. I think what they need to do is they need to find that. GIF, and then they need to tag okay. uh, Eternal Current, and they need to obviously like <laughs> tag me in it, but like do something about, I want a pun based on you dancing and the word of the Eternal Current, and then we'll give the best five, we'll give them a copy of the book. And uh, Alright, so it's it's the GIF of my son and I both in Cubs gear yes. dancing. Is, it's out there. I've shared it many times. It's literally the proudest So it's on your Twitter feed. They could, the Cubs they could find that us. on your Twitter feed. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, I bet. So find that, yep. tag the title of the book, <laughs> make sure I'm included in it, um, and then yep. um, I, it, go um, subscribe to my newsletter so I have your email. That's a subtle, subtle plug. I've got a newsletter now. That's and if you sign up impressive. for my newsletter, yeah. I'm going to give away a chapter of my book. So that's pretty, like, God, like we're nice. just giving stuff away, like yeah. left and right. It's like <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus right here. That's what we are. Um, okay, so do that. We'll give... Uh, I'll, I'll make that very clear at the beginning of the show um, in the in the okay, uh, pre-roll. Okay. But um, that's fun, Aaron. That's fun. Congratulations on your first book. It's great. What talking is it? To what you, is it like man. when you're like, yeah. um, "Hey, honey, I, I wrote a book. Are you impressed?" And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, have, "Not at all." <laughs> I've been on the New York Times bestseller list for more weeks yeah, than yeah, you've written yeah. books. So we we were joking. We were going to start referring um, like. You know, she's like New York Times best-selling author, and I'm like New York Times <laughs> reading author. <laughs> you know, like, 
<laughs> just uh, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Is that weird though? Like, so. luckily you're not a. Do you have a three wing or, or five? You have a five wing, don't you? I d- no, I, ha- I have a three wing, but the okay. four is strong. So as long as I'm like authentic to myself, uh, the numbers are less less well, uh, important. But I mean, I hope it. it. Here's the thing: on a serious level, it's not even close. It's not even going to sell close to that. So it's not even in the same mm-hmm. category. Um, so uh, hey, yeah, I'm just I'm so proud of her, and she's been really encouraging on this process. Well, the good news so is both of your books are trying to put the same two kids in college. So I mean, it's going. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's all no, going. I, I think this book place. is really helpful. Right. Uh, I, I was asking, mm, or Jason thanks. and I were just talking. Jason Miller again, uh, who's who's sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. It sounds like. Um, yes. Who do you, <laughs> who's the audience for the book? And I was thinking. That's yeah. a good question. I was thinking like post evangelicals, because okay, yep. the evangelical mold isn't all that you need. It's not to say with your metaphor, like you need more in your right. diet than just that. Okay, so maybe that's part yeah. of it. I yep. also think the uh, the pastor who's trying to figure out how she or he can uh, make service look different and connect to different people. I think you have some great resources for yeah. that. Who who else yep. am I? Yep. Yeah, I've been saying. People who haven't given up mm-hmm. on Christ, but can't stay where they're at. And so I don't think it's going to require everyone has to leave mm-hmm. their church or leave their tradition, but um, it's an invitation into yep. some deeper streams. So I, my guess is a lot of people will stay in their tradition, even in if, you know, we're talking a lot about evangelical megachurch. I think there are beautiful ways to stay apart of an evangelical megachurch, but also include some of these deeper streams and some of these other yep. influences. And uh, so I don't think it requires a, a departure, but I think it requires some moves into some... Uh, yeah, into and some as someone events. who, not only did I grow up in the yeah. Church of Christ, I'm a preacher at a Church of Christ. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, it's great. I, I love the tradition I grew up in and I'm a part of, and I love the fact yep. that there are plenty of people yep. who are like, we love where we came from, and we want to continue to see yep. God's work in this, which means we're going to continue to grow. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I, I like that your book is not us first them either, uh, which is contradictory no. to you know, your message. Right. For, mo- for most of us, there are toxic churches and dangerous places, and, but for most of us, our traditions are really good. They're just not enough in the, yeah. on their own. And so, we st- of course, we stay planted, we are a part, and then we That's also good. learn from others. Yeah, you said that there are so, some toxic yeah. churches, so let's get on this final question. Name three of those toxic churches, yeah. please. <laughs> Well, what's no, the name of your church? No. <laughs> That's hurtful. That's so hurtful. <laughs> Can you imagine? We just like name one. Well, I, I never like this. One. Yeah. Uh, all fun. right, man. Good times. <laughs> Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.